What's up, everybody? You're listening to the 10 After 7 podcast on YouTube with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. It's episode 42, and that makes all the sense in the world today. When you think of the number 42, you immediately think of the American icon, Jackie Robinson. And right after that, you think of the Los Angeles Brooklyn Dodgers organization, the most iconic franchise in the history of sport. And today, you're probably wondering why I went MIA for the last week after my favorite team won the World Series. I didn't really have words to say. And quite frankly, I've been living it up. I've been drinking beers with everyone, celebrating this title, which I'll probably celebrate for the rest of my life. October 27, 2020 is a day in history that I will never forget. I think it will actually become an anniversary. I think on October 27th from here on out, I will drink the same whiskey that me and my buddies drank in Texas that day. I think I might light a cigar on October 27th from here on out. But I finally found the words. A week from moved from the Los Angeles Dodgers, my favorite team, hoisting the World Series trophy right in front of my face. And I go back to the movie Moneyball and a quote that Brad Pitt uttered a few times throughout the movie. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Here's why I say that. When I arrived at the airport that day with my buddy Patty Hollerup, when we got to our gate at American Airlines, there was not one person not wearing Dodger blue. The LA was everywhere to be found. Hats, jackets, jerseys, Dodgers across the front. I was about to get on a plane Fold filled to the brim with Dodger fans. And I couldn't help myself but look to my left at a Dodger fan and say, there's got to be generations of Dodger blood running through that man's veins. And I look to my right with a family of little kids decked out in Dodger unis at 5.30 in the morning, about to board the same plane as me to see our favorite team win the World Series in the year 2020. Generations of blood. And then my mind raced back to the days when my pops used to take me and my brother to games. The Eric Gagne days. The Raul Mondesi days. I remember vividly going to a game when Kaz Ashi got hit in the head against the Houston Astros. I was at that game with my dad. And I thought to myself, man, if it weren't for my pops, would I even be here today? Would I still be rooting for the Dodgers 28 years later? And I don't think there's a damn chance. Because I think me and my brother are still Dodger fans today because we fill a special place in our heart every time we go to Dodger Stadium because that's a place our dad took us as young kids to watch the beautiful game of baseball. And now my brother's passing it on to his kids. Me and my brother have made tons of friends throughout the entire Span of our lifetime just because we were Dodger fans. The Mitchell family taking us to games with their season tickets growing up. Never forget those games. And then even going to games with my mom. Being at Dodger Stadium Blue Heaven on Earth, I had experiences and memories that I'll have the rest of my life going there with my parents. 
And the people that were on that plane probably still have even memories of their own, the same ones I have. They probably went with their grandparents. They probably went with their parents and now they're taking their kids to games, which I cannot wait to do. How can you not be romantic about baseball? And you know the first question when I got off that plane and we were ready to walk over to the stadium to watch game six play out? I thought to myself, what am I going to wear? I threw tons of Dodger shit that I've had over the years. I think every single family member, whether it was Christmas, whether it was my birthday, bought me something Dodger related. I threw most of it in the luggage and took off to Texas. Well, there's a reason I threw a few things in there. And the first thing I thought to myself was, what am I going to wear? What will I be wearing when my team finally wins it all? I brought a Corey Seager t-shirt jersey. And that's because he was a rock star throughout this entire run. And if you remember, the guy had Tommy John, had hip surgery. He missed the World Series in 2018, which is why the Dodgers had to trade for Manny Machado. He was injury prone. Corey Seager, the stud shortstop who won the Rookie of the Year. But in the year 2020, he goes on to win the NLCS MVP and then eventually the MVP of the entire World Series. So I had to rock that t-shirt jersey. And then over the top of that, I had a Dodger flannel. I have a couple of them. This one meant something different. One of the last presents my mom got me before she passed away this December, and I got it in the mail, was a Dodger flannel. So I had to rock that. She was going to be there with me. And then on my wrist, I had a bracelet, which I think I left in Texas, but it belongs in Texas because that's where I got to see my team win it. But that bracelet was made out of a foul ball hit by Yasiel Puig on the date, August 11, 2013. My oldest brother, Tommy, gave it to me and my brother, Dylan, to rock, and I rocked it at the World Series. And on top of that flannel, I wore my Kershaw red number 22 authentic jersey. And on top of that, I wore my World Series jacket that looked like a Letterman jacket that in high school I saw and always wanted. And I think it was the first time I actually saved up money to buy something. And what better place to wear a World Series patched jacket than in game six when the Dodgers can clinch it all. So how can you not be romantic about baseball when the first thing I think about when I'm going to the World Series is what I have to wear. Like it's the first day of school in elementary. Like I'm going to a job interview. Like I'm going on my first date. I had to wear what I needed to wear that day and it was a thought process from the early morning. So then we get into the stadium with Patty Holler up and our buddy Niner and Bucky Bitten, who I'm forever grateful for because he somehow got tickets for me to experience the best day of my life. And it was great to see a stadium, but no stadium will ever compare to Dodger Stadium Blue Heaven on Earth. No way, not a chance. You could put a billions, billions, billions of dollars into a baseball stadium. It's not going to look like the one that was built in 1962 in Echo Park. Ain't no backdrop like it. 
So we get into the stadium and it's almost game time. We're Couple beers, couple shots deep. We hide the cigars for celebration and the whiskey outside in a bush for after the game. We're confident as ever. The game starts and Blake Snell of the Tampa Bay Rays is dealing. But I did not waver. I didn't waver. I knew if the Dodgers kept it close once Blake Snell came out of that game, the Dodgers offense was going to wake up and we were going to win this game. Tony Gonsolin only won a couple innings. And then from there, Dave Roberts mixed and matched his way all the way until the end when Julio Urias, an absolute blossoming star in this playoffs as well, alongside Corey Seager, shut it down. But when the Rays took out Blake Snell, I looked behind me to a couple of Rays fans who were bitter about it. When we were saying, na, 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 hey. Goodbye. Just to rattle them. They looked at us and said, oh, we could have said that six times for you guys. And I said, hey, that's part of our plan. You had Blake Snell only allowing two hits, no walks, and you take him out immediately when he gives up a single to Austin Barnes. Right after that, Mookie Betts comes up, doubles down the line. Austin Barnes then scores on a wild pitch. And then on an infield single, Mookie Betts is back at it with the best base running we have ever seen. Dodgers take the lead. Couple innings later, Mookie Betts hits a home run. And got to remember, I think Patrick Allerup remind me a few times throughout the game, this is the first time we're seeing Mookie Betts in a Dodger uniform. And I'm like, damn, you're right. And we're also watching this go down in the state of Texas, which I never thought I'd be in Texas ever in my life let alone witnessing my favorite team win a World Series here. So Mookie Betts is out of this world. And then Urias for three innings, like he's done throughout the playoffs, like I said, shut it down. The final out, I had my phone out, ready to film it all. I've filmed numerous final outs at Dodger Stadium when the I Love LA by Randy Newman starts to play. But this one, obviously... I was standing on my seat when Julio Urias threw that ball right down the middle and struck out Mike Zanino, I believe it was, and the rest is history. We go crazy, hugs all around, high-fiving everyone in the building, Dodger fans staying afterwards. I didn't believe I was there. I kind of was shocked. I was speechless. I could only yell. And one of my favorite parts, believe it or not, of the entire experience was when Rob Manfred took that microphone and I got to boo that son of a bitch until he couldn't even handle it and had to stop speaking. You talk about rattled? There was no one more rattled on the planet than Rob Manfred at that moment. Did I feel bad for him? Not a goddamn chance. It felt so good to be there to boo the buffoon of a commissioner that Rob Manfred has been, especially this season. We are the champion starts playing. Everyone's singing along in the stadium. And then on the way out, the party starts. And me, Patty H, Niner, and Bucky were the life of the party. We were standing up on whatever whatever it was we were standing on, dancing it away with cigars in our mouth. The whiskey was still there. The cigars were still in the bush. It all made sense in that moment.
We were going to party the night away as our team won a championship just a couple of weeks after the Los Angeles Lakers won a world championship. And I didn't want to stop partying. We went to Texas Live again afterwards, kept drinking beers. And that night, in classic Cody Stevenson fashion, I tried to Uber Eats Taco Bell. I was successful. Unfortunately, the Taco Bell was cold, but I still ate it before I went to bed. That's my championship meal. Taco Bell. Because I can't tell you how many times I've stuffed my face with Taco Bell after witnessing the Dodgers win. Win or lose at that. But on this night in Texas, I chose to go the Taco Bell route, and I'm not mad about it. Even if it was cold, it was not good. But when you're drinking beer, celebrating a world championship, I don't care what you're putting in front of my face. When I'm hungry, I'm going to eat it. So the next day, I'm pretty hungover. I mentioned to Patty, hey, we got to cancel this flight. There's no way I'm getting up. I feel like he thought about it for at least 30 seconds, but then said, no, we got to go get up, shower. But we're on the plane, and I'm ready to listen to radio, sports talk radio. I get to listen to it. I've listened to it in my whole life. Or for the last decade, I've been an avid listener listening daily to the Dan Patrick show. I throw on Dan Patrick. And before they, there's not even a mention of the Dodgers winning a world championship. And I was pissed about it. Because you had the news of Justin Turner testing positive during the game, which is obviously an MLB problem if someone's coming up positive during the game. Your testing protocols probably weren't up to par. And the fact that Justin Turner went out onto the field afterwards to take pictures with his world championship teammates became an issue. And that's all Dan Patrick wanted to talk about. And all he wanted to talk about as well was the fact that Blake Snell got taken out. And I guess that's the talk of sports radio, but there was no way I was going to deal with it. Probably turned it off in one hour and said, hey, my favorite team just won a world championship. I'm going to think about that. And nothing else. Was it bad to take out Blake Snell? Of course, it was an idiotic decision. He went too deep with analytics and Kevin Cash went to go get him the first sign of trouble, which I don't even think was a sign of trouble. It was a hard hit single. But Blake Snell was dealing and he went to your bullpen and that's when things opened up for the Dodgers. You look at the quotes afterwards and the Dodgers thought they had no chance to get to Blake Snell. Even if the numbers say a third time around, Mookie Betts looked at Dave Roberts apparently right when Snell got taken out and smiled. But let's give the team credit. Let's talk about the Dodgers. The team that's made the World Series three out of the last four years. It's been heartbreak. And as a fan of the Dodgers, when you grow up with the Clayton Kershaws and Kenley Jansons of the world, they made the top of the mountain, and that's what, a sh that's what should have been the story. Corey Seager should have been the story. Mookie Betts being traded from Boston to L.A. and winning a World Series should have been the story. They finally got over the hump. Talk about the performance of Julio Urias. Victor Gonzalez. Blake Trinan, the guys that got the job done after Tony Gonzalez. And I couldn't stand that they talked about everything else, but I think the Dodgers franchise is a story that has to be told. Clayton Kershaw's playoff failures early on, 
the series against the Cardinals back in 2013. Making the playoffs year in and year out and not getting it done. Getting robbed in 2017 by the Houston Astros. Getting beat pretty handily by Mookie Betts and the Boston Red Sox in 2018. And then last year getting bounced by the eventual World Series champs and the Washington Nationals in the first round. But no. The talk was Justin Turner testing positive and Blake Snell being removed from the game in the sixth inning or whatever it was. So I was a little upset about that. My favorite team wins a World Series. I'm fired up. I just want to listen to Sports Talk Radio to boast about it, hear about it, and every single radio show podcast talked about different things. But that's why I'm here to remind you on this Tuesday, a week after my team won the World Series champs, they're still World Series champs. And if you want to talk about the future of the Dodgers, it looks pretty damn bright today. Because Mookie Betts, if you don't remember, earlier this year on this podcast, I talked about Mookie Betts signing a 12-year contract extension to finish his career with the Dodgers. That's a good place to start. Corey Seager's got another year left. Imagine that guy healthy throughout 162. Talk about the reps that Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, Julio Urias got in these playoffs. Brewster Gratterall. That's reps. They were on the big stage and they delivered when it mattered most. And they're taking that with them into next season. And Clayton Kershaw, monkey off the back, a world champ. My favorite athlete of all time. I might get the number 22 in red tatted on my legs somewhere. No one's more happier that Clayton Kershaw got a ring than this guy. And let's see him next year. With no pressure whatsoever, he's a world champ now. Three-time Cy Young Award winner. An MVP. And don't forget, David Price could opt back in, and that's another arm for it. Dodgers are going to re-up and reload, and I'm pretty sure they're going to reel off a couple of more titles while Mookie Betts spends the rest of his career here. And the only people that are saying it was a shortened season, if you live in California, are Angel fans who have Mike Trout in a pile of shit. That's the only ones that are saying it was a 60-game season. And you guys couldn't even make the playoffs when they expanded it to 16 teams. And if anyone's saying it elsewhere, their team got bounced early, and that's their excuse. Keep coming up with the excuses. But I, today, am a fan of the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, and I'm happy about it. And I ask you again, how can you not be romantic about baseball? I'm about to read a post by the seventh commissioner in baseball, Abe Barlett Giamatti, just to talk about Baseball. I'm going to read the first paragraph of this writer. He was an American professor. He was only commissioner for five months after he suffered a heart attack. But these words are probably the best words. I'm going to read the first paragraph and the last paragraph to you. This is why we love baseball so damn much. Here we go. It breaks your heart. It is designed to break your heart. The game begins in the spring when everything else begins again, and it blossoms in the summer, filling the afternoons and evenings, and then as soon as the chill rains come, 
It stops and leaves you to face the fall alone. You count on it, rely on it to buffer the passage of time, to keep the memory of sunshine and high skies alive. And then just when the days are all twilight, when you need it most, it stops. Today, October 2nd, a Sunday of rain and broken branches and leaf-clogged drains and slick streets, it stopped and summer was gone. I love these words more than anyone else. Because for the last 27 years of my life, baseball has broken my damn heart. Especially the last decade. And I seriously thought that the Dodgers were cursed at one point. With all the failures in October, I thought to myself, what did the Dodgers do to deserve this? Why me? Why am I a, why is my favorite player, Clayton Kershaw, the guy who everyone mentions as a playoff choker, a playoff failure? Why am I a fan? It hurts me more than ever that people say this to me. And every single October, it ended in the same result without a world championship. 27 years. And those words speak on what baseball means to a lot of different people. And here's the last paragraph. The words are even better. Here we go. Of course, there are those who learn after the first few times. They grow out of sports. And there are others who were born with the wisdom to know that nothing lasts. These are the truly tough among us. The ones who can live without illusion or without even the hope of illusion. I am not that grown up or up to date. I am a simpler creature tied to more primitive patterns and cycles. I need to think something lasts forever. And it might as well be that state of being that is a game. It might as well be that in a green field in the sun. Baseball does last forever. And you know what else lasts forever? Is the feeling that I experienced on Tuesday, October 27, 2020. And if you haven't had a beer to celebrate yet, drink one now. I decided to do this on election day to spread some positive vibes because God knows we're going to need them. But I'm so glad I spent last Tuesday with some great dudes watching my favorite team hoist the trophy right in front of my face. And I'm so happy that my dad made me a baseball fan and a Dodger fan. And I'm so happy that my mom instilled that in me. And I'm so glad that me and my brother ran with it and we continue to be the biggest Dodger fans there are. And high-fiving and hugging those around us when we won that World Series in Texas. I can't even still believe that it happened in Texas. If someone came to me at the beginning of this year and said, Hey, Cody, listen. You're going to experience the Dodgers winning a World Series this year. I would have said, first of all, there's no way. Baseball's not happening. Owners and the players, they can't get it together. Baseball's going to be the one sport that's not going to be on TV while football and basketball are playing it out in a bubble or whatever it is that they're going to do. But baseball, it's not happening. They're too money hungry. And he said, no. 
Cody, listen, you're going to see your team win the World Series this year. But you're going to be in Arlington, Texas to see it go down. And I'm going to say, come on. Why would I watch my team in Texas win a World Series when I live in Los Angeles and I'm only 30 minutes away from the stadium? And how can I afford that ticket? It's probably going to be thousands of dollars. And is there even going to be fans there? I'm going to have to watch it on TV. I would have thought you were crazy. In the year 2020, I got to experience my team winning a world championship in the state of Texas in an actual stadium with people. Absolutely bizarre. And I'm thankful that the friends I have today, Bucky Bitten, shout out to you for getting those tickets. You're a legend. Every October 27th from here on out, let's get that gas can of whiskey, gas them up, and let's get those cigars ready because we're going to be smoking them for the rest of our lives. Thank you for listening to the 10 After 7 podcast on YouTube with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 After 7 and on the Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. I'm out. Woo! Go Dodgers. 